Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I am your host, Patricia Baker, and PK is still recovering, so she will not be with us tonight. However, I am expecting that she'll be back after the first of the year. So all of your prayers were so helpful, and she is feeling a lot better. So thank you for all that support. And I wanted to ask everybody to keep visiting our Facebook page. Make sure you like and follow that and Twitter. We are posting everything we can find on UFOs, and there is a lot. So make sure you take a look there. There is a tremendous amount of activity lately, lots of UFO reports, lots of cryptid sightings, lots of orb sightings. In fact, one of my former neighbors from up here, dear, dear friend, who now lives in Tennessee, caught some incredible orbs on her ring camera. So I'm going to try to upload that so that everybody can take a look and give me your ideas on what this could be because it's fascinating. To me, they look like they're intelligently guided. They look friendly, and I've heard that the white ones are. The orange ones, I've heard, can be a bit dangerous. So you always want to watch the color of these things. Again, wanted to remind everybody about property taxes. I know it's an, a horrible subject. This is the month that you should be getting some idea from your assessors, if you're a property owner, on what your property tax bill is going to look like for 2022. So I highly recommend this book. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. The book is by attorney Patricia Quintilian. It is a little bit out of date, but the basic principles are all the same. If you don't work well <laughs> and with your assessors and figure out if there's any mistakes on your property record card, you could be paying taxes that you don't owe. And if you let it go by the deadline, which is usually by the end of January, You're going to be paying those taxes, and you will not be able to get a refund. So this book is very important if you're a property owner. Again, the name is Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. So make sure you take a look at that. It's on Amazon. Another book that you might find really interesting is Opus Mego Kabbalisticum, which is an old German treatise that was written probably, I think it was like 400 years ago. And we had the chair of the German department at Smith College translate the entire book. It is amazing. It has all kinds of 
occult information. It has all kinds of astrological information from long ago. Fascinating, fascinating book. Highly recommend that one as well. And my last favorite is Lon Milo Duquette's My Life with the Spirits. If you want to laugh out loud, that's the book you have to get. It's tremendous. So highly recommend that one for you also. And I hope everybody had great holidays, enjoyed the festivities, stayed safe, stayed healthy. That's what we like to hear. And tonight we have a very interesting guest for you. We've been fighting a little bit with an echo. I'm hoping we may have it under control. So we're going to give this a try. And if we can't get the echo under control, I ask you to bear with us because this guest has some terrific information on a twin flame. And why is a twin flame so important? We're going to find out because apparently, I did not know this, but there are many soulmates, only one twin flame. And how do you find your twin flame? How do you work with your twin flame once you find them? I hear it can be fairly challenging. So tonight we have a certified psychic medium, a certified spiritual coach, an animal communicator, an angel communicator with us, Leslie Sampson, who has written a new book all about the twin flame. It's called Find Your Twin Flame. Now, she's also, she's so many things. She's also a Reiki master practitioner, healer, and a spiritual teacher. And she lives in Benton, Tennessee, where they're having all kinds of storms right now, which is contributing to the audio problems. And you can find her on the web at Leslie Sampson, S-A-M-P-S-O-N dot com. Let me see if I can get her on the air, and let's see if there's an echo. So, let's see. The wheels are turning. Leslie, is that you on the air? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, Yes, we can hear you. And unfortunately, we can hear you Uh, twice. (laughs) But we will do the best we can uh, with the audio issue. Oops, and we just lost you. So, okay. She will be calling back in, and hopefully we will be able to get this under control. So, anyways, um, I am very interested in Twin Flames. I've been told that <clears throat> Twin Flames are, are just so difficult to work with, so I can't wait to see why Leslie thinks it is so very important for us to consider them over and above the types of soulmate people that we're used to hearing about. So here's Leslie again. And let me get her back live on the air. Okay, you're live on the air with us again. Thank you. Sorry about that. The call just dropped for no reason, so I apologize for that. That's okay. Your weather sounds absolutely horrible down there. So I was just introducing you. You're very accomplished at so many things in this field. How did you get into it? Uh, well, uh, I'm, I was born, I'm a natural-born medium but it's something I didn't really pursue until about 15, almost 16 years ago. And uh, when I encountered a soul who kind of put me on this path to, of learning. So I really just started learning how to, you know, hone, you know, my ability to communicate with spirit, um, 
in order to, you know, basically shut him up. Um, but And then that just kind of transitioned into other things with, you know, learning Reiki and other healing modalities and other forms of communication. So it just kind of was a domino effect. Well, it sounds like then you've been used to this. This is not anything you had to get accustomed to. You were born with this gift. Is this something that runs in your family? Well, yes, it does run in my family, but most people that have this gift in my family either don't talk about it or they call it something different. You know, um, I have an aunt who calls it my gut feeling and, you know, my mother will say, well, I've got a feeling or something like that. Um, but it, yeah, it's just because it's, you know, that's more in line with what their belief system is. So, but it's all the same thing. We all can do the same stuff. Um, but I, you know, I'm just the only one that will actually say, yeah, I talk to dead people. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, good for you. You're all out in the open with it all. Now, what made you start writing about Twin Flame? Well, I started on this path, uh, and a little very early on, I was introduced to the angelic realm and learned all about it and was able to make a connection. And in so doing... I learned about this concept of twin flames, uh, and I had never heard of it before, didn't have a clue anything about it, and I learned about it from my angelic guidance who told me, oh, by the way, you know that little soul, the one that got you started on this path? That's your twin flame. And I hmm. went, okay, what what is that? You know, so, and that really did send me down the rabbit hole. Um, I started off you know, like probably everybody on Google, uh, which really confused me. And um, <laughs> so then I yeah, I went back to, um, you know, my spiritual team and I said, okay, explain this to me because I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And so that's really where it started. Um, this fascination with like, okay, <laughs> I don't believe it. So I'm going to do everything I can possibly do to disprove what you guys are telling me. And all I ended up doing was proving it. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've heard, as I just mentioned on the air, that um, having a twin flame in your life versus a soulmate, the twin flame can be very, very difficult and challenging. Have you have you experienced that or heard of that? I have heard this, and I've experienced it. Um, in kind of a different way in my own my own relationship with my twin. It's different because he's in spirit and not actually physical on the earth plane. Um, but I've always said that, yes, there are ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster in the twin flame relationship. Uh, but, you know, we can navigate that. You know, it's it's not supposed to be a horrible thing when you meet your twin flame. It's not supposed to stress you out beyond all compare. It's not supposed to be, you know, something that keeps you awake at night. Yes, it will be life-changing because you're literally encountering the only other soul in the entirety of creation that is the same as yours. But well, I would think that if you don't have complete self-love and acceptance, 
looking at that mirror could produce a lot of negative energy. Yes, and it, that's absolutely true. And that's part of the early stages. I mean, there are stages that you go through in the twin flame relationship. But by the time, most of the time, by the time you actually encounter your twin, whether it's in the physical or it's, you know, on the higher, higher planes, you're actually doing self-work. You're actually preparing yourself. Sometimes you know it. But if you're someone like me who didn't have a clue, I didn't have a clue, but I was actually doing that work. So by the time, you know, oh, surprise, you've met your twin flame, by the time that happened, I had already begun, you know, pre- you know cleaning out what I didn't need and preparing myself for that surprise, <laughs> that, that evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's absolutely important to do that inner work. And a lot of people will talk about, you know, how it's such a necessity that that inner work is done. And it's not a step, it's not a step you can really skip. So well, it's absolutely you important. You think that you're doing your inner work, and yet we all know we have blind spots to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking of absolutely. this couple that I introduced to each other, and they were exactly alike. And I would say of everybody I knew, they were probably closest to twin flame status. And it didn't take long mm-hmm. for them to really hate each other. <laughs> so, you know, and these are people, at least one of them had done a lot of <clears throat> therapeutic work. Um, but it just, it was too challenging. It was too much to just keep looking at this person. You know, they didn't realize, I'm sure, uh, it could have been a twin flame situation. But it debilitated mm-hmm. into a negative relationship very, very quickly. Yeah, and that's that is a challenge. I, I, but I believe, and it's my experience, that the the real and true and valid twin flame relationships, while you do have your ups and downs and your roller coasters, it's not supposed to sort of go downhill like that. You know, it's not supposed to be so hard that you don't want to do it. And it's not really supposed to be so difficult that you end up just absolutely not being able to stand one another. There are times and there are parts of the stages of the twin flame relationships where, you know, you'll, one of you will want to go away or, and the other one will want to run after, but it's not, it's because at that point you're still trying to kind of work out the kinks, within, not within the relationship, but within the self, because it's, you know, as an example, it turned my life upside down and inside out when I met mine, and I didn't even realize it at first, so I, you know, I was doing that work and trying to adjust to all of that, and I think that's that's true for a lot of people. They just don't know how to kind of find that groove, to kind of find that vibration where they feel comfortable to go through that, you know, that personal transformation. Because to me, that's what it, I, I look at it as, a personal transformation. And well, yeah, I think you're you right. Need... Relationships are always that if, they're, if you're really paying attention. Yeah. But let me ask you this. Um, what, and then we're going to go to the phone because we have somebody waiting to ask you a question. But what is the, the okay. difference 
between a soulmate and a twin flame? Let's have just a definition here. What's the difference between the two? A soulmate, you can have millions of soulmates in your in your lifetime. It is the soul that comes to help you or conversely also a soul in which you help on your path, on your journey. A twin flame is the one soul in the entirety of creation that matches yours on the soul level. And when you meet your twin, it can it just causes chaos and because of all of the life changing things that are happening and meeting that energy. And so that is, I mean, that's the difference. A lot of people think they're the same, but the difference is the twin flame comes in and kind of just, you know, throws you for a loop and throws a monkey wrench and everything, and then the soulmate helps you kind of figure out how to fix everything. That's kind of the mm-hmm. easiest way I can Yeah, then why would that, somebody so. want to be thrown into chaos? <laughs> As if there isn't well, enough in the world today. <laughs> Why would somebody want a twin flame over a soulmate who's going to help and support you versus somebody who immediately throws you into chaos? Well, you you have a twin flame. You've had a twin flame since the inception of your soul. So it's not really a choice. You have one. It's a choice about whether or not you want to be cognizant and conscious of, of the twin flame relationship. The whole purpose is soul evolution. So you're working together to uh, on common lessons, on common goals in your lifetime, to evolve the soul, to eventually be able to share the lessons and share the knowledge so that we're elevating, you know, the consciousness and we're and we're raising the collective vibration. That's the goal. So Right. No, I understand I mean, that you know, like, uh, what you're talking about is a very high evolutionary path, but um, it mm-hmm. sounds, you know, and especially now when we're going through so much as a culture, as a society, as a world, mm-hmm. there's so much going on that is unpleasant and chaotic and unsettling in so many ways. Um, a lot of people are just looking for a safe space. And someone right. who can help them find that inner <clears throat> peace. So I understand that there's something valuable that can come from this twin flame relationship. And I did have someone mm-hmm. on the show last year who was a relationship expert, and she was also a psychic medium, and she felt that twin flames were uh, were not the easiest in the world. In fact, they were the most difficult, and she didn't encourage a lot of people to go looking for that. Uh, because it was it was just too much for most people to handle. I mean, to be, again, seeing something that's, who's exactly your image, uh, soul-like or spiritual-like, I mean, that's a lot to take in so, and to lot. manage. Yes. But it sounds like in your book you've got a plan for that, so we're going to get into that too. But right now yes. we've got somebody who has a question for you. So let me get her live in the air. She's been very patiently waiting. Hi, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Amy. Hi, Amy. Hi, Amy. Uh, what's your question for Leslie tonight? Um, my question is, I ha- I believe I have found my twin flame, and we are in separation. Okay. I don't know. Do you ever come back around to be in 
union again? Well, the short answer is yes, but let me explain why it's a short answer. <laughs> Even though you're not together physically at the moment, uh, you're not actually separated. All twin flames are automatically connected to each other by a cord that's sort of attached um, right around your your heart chakra in the center of your chest, and that actually keeps you connected throughout all space and time. So my first thing to suggest to you is you know, try not to think of yourself as completely separated because you're not. The second thing is, yes, it is possible to come back together because you're, at, you're probably at the stage where it's become a little bit overwhelming, which can happen. Um, and one or both of you just needs a little space. Am I correct? Well, right now there? he's actually with somebody else. Okay. Um, you also have to keep in mind that it's not the whole purpose is not about love. It's a beautiful thing when you're in a loving relationship with your twin flame, but that you have to remember. I mean, it's not the point and purpose. I know that's not what you want to hear, <laughs> but I just want to say that to you. But you also have to think that when they're in other relationships, that there is always going to be something missing in that relationship because they're not with their twin flame. So I always I always like to give you um, a, a positive answer to that question because even though you're physically separated at the moment, it doesn't mean that's always going to be. Okay. How long has he been with this other person, Amy? Two years. That's a long mm-hmm. time. Yep. I have met people who have been, who were together and who were separated for a significant amount of time and then came back together. This is about what lessons that you're learning on a soul level. And sometimes they can't exactly learn it you know, twins can't exactly learn it together. They have to have the help of a soulmate to learn this lesson, which, you know, this other person could be in the soul universe around the both of you. Um, I, yeah, I never say never. I never say that it's never going to happen because twin flames are always connected no matter what throughout all space and time. Um, but, yeah. I have a feeling that... But you don't want her, like, sitting around waiting for this to happen, right? No, I... No. I always say that take this time to work on the self. No, you don't have to sit around and wait. You really don't. But I have a feeling that it will come back around again. And because there's some part of the lesson he needs to learn... And once it's learned, that's always always where the jumping off point comes in for the next step in the relationship. 
Amy, do you have somebody okay. else in your life? I do now because he's with that person. Yeah, right, exactly. And he's been there mm-hmm. for a while. Well, good for you. So you're moving on, which is the healthy thing to do. Yes, definitely. Do you have any other questions for Leslie? Um, well, that's why I wondered if it would come around because... We will actually work together, and I'm going to be, I'm looking for another job, which I definitely plan on leaving there, and I just don't know how it would ever come back full circle for him to even come in contact with him to even speak. I mean, we're not even, we're not in the same department or anything like that, but I'm saying, like, to run into each other to even make small talk. Well, I mean, do you necessarily have to be at work to actually communicate? Because there are so many other ways of communicating. I just I just kind of wonder if it if that's the requirement. No, I mean, but I leave, I don't know. I don't think he will try to make contact with me. So once you're out of that work environment, you're just there's no reason to connect at all. Even you won't be passing right. each other in the hall. Right. Yeah. That's the only physical location connection you have. Right. That's what I mean by that. Yeah. And twin flames Will are there, number one? They're always connected. I know I've said that a billion times already, but it's truth. And there will be a way. You know, they they always make their way towards each other. That's I mean, that's the goal. There, even if you know one person is in the running stage and the other person is not, eventually they're always going to come running back towards each other. That is part of the evolution of the soul. So even if you did get a different job in a different, even in a different, you know, city, there will always be an opportunity made for Twin Flames. And I've seen it time and time and time again. doesn't mean that you need to sit around and wait for it because you are, you know, you're moving forward and that's fantastic. But the real, true, valid Twin Flame relationships will always build that bridge, always, without fail. Okay. Well, it sounds, Amy, like you're on the right path, that no matter what the other person does, you have somebody new in your life and you're pursuing a new career, good for you, or a new job within your established career, and good for you. I mean, waiting around yeah. for somebody to come around, never a good idea. So I congratulate you. That's that's the way to go. Yeah, and Thank I agree. You. But good luck. Good luck with your new Thank life. Thank you. Yes, you deserve better. 
Yes, and thank you for calling in and, and asking your question. I do appreciate that. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Amy. Thanks. Yeah, it's always tough, you know, and somebody sees an opportunity, they think the grass is greener somewhere else, and off they go. And mm-hmm. even if it is, I don't care what it is, twin flame or, or soulmate or or just, you know, two people who get together, it's, it's a painful situation. It's often traumatic, and you have to keep readjusting. Um, but no matter oh, how definitely. much they're meant to be together there's always this level of choice and somebody can always choose to go on a, on a different path with somebody else and it makes it hard yeah. so again I, I'm glad for Amy that she's discovering I, new opportunities good for her 100, yeah 100% and I, I think part of that is dispelling the belief that the whole purpose of the twin flame relationship is for a love relationship. That's what most people think, you know, that once you find your twin flame, you found your one true love and that's it. And that's not the purpose. And I think once people begin to understand that it really is about, it's on a soul level, it's evolving the soul and that doesn't, it doesn't negate actually having a loving relationship with your twin. You can. That's just not the entire point of it. And so I think that would help people to understand that even if, you know, my twin flame is with another, that has nothing to do with our relationship on a soul level. And is that always the best? No, because we want them in the physical. We want them with us. You know, well, for the most part, we do. (laughs) So it it makes it so much harder when you've got other partners involved. But it's just, that's what I encourage people to remember, that you're still working and growing and evolving and working with each other on that soul level. So it might not be necessarily the way you want it. But that makes it hard, doesn't it, Leslie? Because it makes it... When you say something like that to somebody who's lost a twin flame, it's it's to me mm-hmm. that sounds very very hard to work with because you want to let them go, because you want to move on with your life, and have a partner who is supportive and caring and uh, is is also spiritual and supports you in your spiritual growth. So you know it's it's. It's kind of a, a bit of a, a fine line there of how, well, then can you let go of this twin flame? It sounds like it's the healthiest thing to do, even though you may still be connected on some level, but you got to let mm-hmm. go so you can fully live your life without pining away for somebody who may or may not come back and may or may not be in your best interest to come back. Yes, and I agree. But when we're talking about the twin flame, no matter what, they're always connected, and that and the energy is going back and forth between them in that cord that connects them. So even if they don't even know each other, this is still happening. So it makes it yes, it makes it difficult to let go of the physical relationship if it's necessary. It does. I, I 100% know that. But that doesn't actually end the relationship because it's it's on a soul level. It continues forever throughout all space and time. So 
that, yeah, that makes it, it's hard to think about it that way, but it, it's, it's truth. It's, Truth. I've seen it. Yeah, no, I understand. It's just that you know, I work. was a therapist yeah. for over twenty years, worked with couples, worked with individuals, and and so I I know that 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 horrible hmm. part of a relationship when somebody goes off with someone else, the person is left holding the bag, and is still hoping they'll come back. I don't care who they are, mm-hmm. whether it's a twin flame or not a twin flame, it's a painful experience, and it's nothing I would ever yeah. want to prolong for anybody. Uh, I would want to help and no. support them in loving themselves enough to just uh, let it go. And Because even if energetically there is something going on, I would think it, at that point it's not going to be that helpful. Well, because you've got a physical separation no. there. Right. I just, you know, I've seen across the board in a lot of different relationships and and this is including twin flames who are both here on earth and twins who are separated by a plane i've seen it where by the time it comes to this you know the point where one person needs to step out of the relationship forever how long it is this is about working on the self so they work on themselves at this point so it, it becomes less about less about I need to work with my twin flame and more about I need to work with myself. So even though there's always energy flow in between twin flames, that doesn't change. At that point, it's about working on the self. So I do agree with you. I don't think that painful things should be prolonged, but I don't believe that the twin flame relationship is painful in any way. The work you do on yourself, yeah, that can suck. When you have to get rid of your emotional baggage and and all the stuff that you're carrying, I and mean, if you're like me and you're an emotional hoarder, it's it's tough. But that's about the self. The twin flame relationship does not have to be hard. Yes, there are ups and ups and downs, and there are in every relationship. But it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to cause pain. You know, it doesn't have to be this sort of, I don't know, negative thing that that is the perception. We want to make it more of light. We want to make it more uh, you know, of divine because that's what we are. We're talking about, on a soul level, we're talking about divine DNA, the divine soul blueprint. These are the things that are equal in Twin Flames. And this all comes from the creator, you know, creator, God, you know, your understanding of, of, of the higher power. And anything that comes from that vibration and that energy should not intrinsically cause pain and harm. So if we're in a twin flame or what we believe is a twin flame relationship and we reach a step where it needs to end or one of the people needs to get out. That's the point where you have to start looking at it and go, where, where is that breakdown in the lesson? Because we're supposed to be learning, you know, specific life, lesson, life, life lessons and we're not there. 
I need to work on myself, you need to work on yourself, but it's not a separation. So if there's, you know, I actually wrote this in the book, if there's any kind of harm, like physical harm, emotional harm, things like damage that can cause you irreparable, like emotional scars, for example, it's not really a true valid relationship that's with your twin flame. So that's why I agree with no, it shouldn't prolong pain. No, it's not supposed to be, you know, painful to be in this relationship. It's supposed to be coming from a loving and divine place. So that's why I can say that the energy never ends between twin flames because it's divine. And that's why I can say that they will always circle back to one another. Does it mean that it's going to necessarily be a loving relationship? No, that doesn't mean that at all. That depends on, you know, where you are on working with yourself. So in this relationship, I know it's going to sound funny, but in this relationship, the self comes first. You know, we don't always want to put ourselves first because... Yeah. No, I but understand exactly to. what you're saying. Um, yes, obviously we that is true. The self is, you know, it's all coming from the self. But I understand mm-hmm. this a little bit differently. And when you talk about a twin flame, what I think of is self to self, not someone else, not someone on another plane, not somebody else here. What I think about mm-hmm. is merging those uh, those two flames within the self. And that I can see as a very helpful exercise. And it helps you to accept and embrace the parts of you you may not like very much. Um, but mm-hmm. that's very shamanic in origin. I mean, this is the teachings of many shamans that we've had on the show. You really have to learn to love and accept yourself and all of your warts and and scars and everything else about you. We learned a lot from a shaman from Peru who was on the show who tried to kill himself, Mm -hmm. like, I think it was three times. (laughs) Thank goodness he didn't succeed. But, you know, he was, his his mother was, had mental problems. His father was a famous doctor. And his life was very, very crazy growing up. And so he didn't have the grounding. But he had this amazing spirit. And when he mm-hmm. tried to kill himself, he always survived. And eventually he learned, I have to love and accept every single thing about myself. And we've heard this from so many shamans. Now, once that's done, I would think you combine those energies, the female, the male, the alpha, the omega. Those things come together in your own self, in your own body. So that I understand, and I understand that kind of enlightenment. But once it's, mm-hmm. you're going for it outside of yourself, once you're looking outside for anything, and it's something as powerful as someone who's exactly like you, I would think um, you better be very enlightened. <laughs> very enlightened yeah, and to take that on. Well, yeah, and you're, you're 100% correct. Part of the self-work that you have to go through that sort of – encountering that equal energy sort of helped to spark, at least in myself. Um, You have to do that. You can't, I mean, it's a fundamental universal rule. You cannot love anyone else unless you love yourself. And for 
for myself, for example, being within this relationship with my twin flame, it's brought out all the ugly, all of the crazy, all of the bad memories, all of the, you know, emotions that had been walled up within. And I've seen that happen with others as well. And in looking at that and facing it and finally getting to say, I love you, I let you go, I accept you, you know, with all of that stuff. Like, I love all of that, all of the crazy, all the weird, all of the terrible. I love all of it because I encountered this beautiful energy that was the same as mine that helped me see that I'm worthy. And with that assistance, I could actually go within and actually look at every single stranded hair, every single, you know, tiny little part of myself and say, I love you. Right, I understand that. But isn't it a little bit easier or a lot easier to have a twin flame that's in another plane? I mean, you can ignore them. You can... Mm. You don't have to see them if you don't want to. You know, it's like if you're not, you don't have somebody <laughs> no. there who's saying, hey, you left the top off the toothpaste again, you know, and, well, you know, dealing with these, these everyday issues that, are, that can be very annoying, very aggravating, um, you're dealing with a spirit energy. So I, I would think that's a little more fun. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Not with mine it's anyway. Not more mine fun. Uh, All my, right. my 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 <laughs> yeah, my twin uh is even though he's on the other side, he's very present in everything that happens to me every day long all day long. Uh constantly giving me suggestions, constantly leading me here, constantly leading me there. So it's it's even though he's not a physical presence, he is constantly there and what makes it harder is because I can't just call him up on the phone and say, hey, can you stop by the store on the way home? Or I can't just call him up when I'm having a bad day, um, you know, and have that communication. Or I can't just say, look, I'm not getting what you're saying. Can you just text it to me, please? You know, so there's limitations, obviously, for physical limitations. So it, it doesn't mm-hmm. make it easy. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, you know, and even though I mean I'm a yeah I'm a medium, and he knows that, so I can hear him. But um, you know, for people who aren't uh, similarly gifted, who may have a twin on the other side, their twin will make themselves known. I mean, you know, they might not be a, a fully aware that that's what's happening. But you know, people on the other side, our loved ones, no matter who they are, they're always there. And they're always willing to show themselves whenever we ask. So, and sometimes when we don't ask, but, um, so no, it doesn't make it, it doesn't make it any easier because you still have the same stages and the same stuff to go through. And, you know, I, I know that when I was going through the process of dealing with my own stuff, he had he was actually going through that process with me and going, oh, wait a minute, I forgot all about that. Yeah, I really need to look at that myself. You know, so he, even though he was over there, he was actually doing the same thing as I was doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, we uh, we have to face that crap no matter where we are, you know. So, and you're supposed to do it when you transition. But sometimes, 
you know, when during this twin flame relationship, during the evolution of it, when things start to come out, you'll go, oh, yeah, I still have some but, situations around that. But there's that no emotional, with, so. there's, there's no body on, on, the other, on the other side of the veil. There's no body. So without a body, you don't Mm-mm. have the same emotional uh, tanks that you have when you are in physical reality. So it's a little different. No, but it's, it moves it's, more slowly, yeah, it's, and, and it's, 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 it's not the same. Yeah. So there's, well, there's, there's that difference between working with somebody on the other side of the veil and being in physical reality with your mm-hmm. own emotional stuff. I mean, I, I think it's an important thing for people to know that when you're in a physical body, you have the best chance, <laughs> the best chance of working out your emotional baggage while you're here. Because trying yes, to do it true. after you die, it is a whole different thing, and it's not easy. Um, it moves, it yeah. can move more quickly here, more efficiently here, because you've got a physical body. It's going to be telling you all the time how you're feeling, but not over there. So exactly. I can see that there's differences um, in if you have a connection with somebody on the other side. But I, I would imagine I can see now what you're talking about. There's challenges as well, because it's not a complete match that way that guy or that person is, doesn't have a body anymore no there's a big difference so we're literally dealing with you know the soul the energy the vibration all combined when we're talking about someone on the other side whether you know if we're talking about twin flames or we're talking about spirit and mediumship and all that it's you know it's the same thing it's it's but the bonus is that because twin flames are on a soul level it makes it a little bit, a tiny bit, not much, a tiny bit easier to evolve on that soul level because that's where we're coming from. We're connecting on that soul level because there's no physicality. So it, mm-hmm. that's a tiny little bonus, but I'm only going to say a little tiny one, <laughs> not mm-hmm. a huge one. Yeah. I mean, all of this this personal evolution is, it's like, you know, going up a ladder and you can always slip because it can get mm-hmm. so um, so difficult to manage. But when you work with your clients and you mm-hmm. can gauge what their level is, I mean, are there some people you would say to, hey, you know, I think you're better off kind of working with your soulmate than working with a twin flame? Well, Yeah. I would actually. I, you know, a lot of people when they want to talk about twin flames, they want it, they want me to confirm what they believe, and I'm not ever going to come out and say yes, this person's your twin flame. I, I'm not going to do that because that's not my job. How am I supposed to be able to tell you that you're, you, you know, you're this person's soul match? You know what I mean? I mean, we can tap mm-hmm. into the akashic records and do things like that. There are ways to find out. But, mm-hmm. you know, they just want that validation. And then sometimes they want that relationship so bad because they're looking for, you know, validation for themselves or happiness without, you know, outside of themselves. Um, and to me, that makes it harder because you're, start, you know, you're starting from, you know, a, a point where it's, about having a relationship to try to validate yourself and try to make yourself happy, which it should be the other way around. It should be, 
I am working on myself and I'm happy with myself, so I am ready for, you know, and I try to help, you know, people understand that uh, in different ways. Um, But, yeah, most people just want you to say, hey, I need you to let me know if so-and-so is my twin flame. And for me, it just doesn't, you know, some people will do that. Some people will come right out and say, oh, blah, 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 is your twin flame, or, you know, oh, yes. You know, you're right, you're correct, just just to do it. But what's the point of validating something that is not your responsibility to validate? You know, the only person that can really tell themselves who answered that question is themselves. You know, and I yeah, but you can see you book. can see energy. I'm sure. I mean, you can see how the energy commingles, oh, yeah. and then in that way, I, I would think a psychic medium could be could be really yes. looking at the energy of a twin flame or not. It could be the energy mm-hmm. of a soulmate or just two friends, for all we know. But yeah, that there's an yes, energetic is, component yeah. to that, right? I mean, it must look different to you when you look at somebody and their partner. Oh, it does. Yes, it does, and you're absolutely 100% correct. Uh, it does. I, I can look at, like, for example, um, I can look at folks that come to me and and get a sense that they are connected. I can look at them and see, yes, your energy is the same. Yes, I can see that core that attaches you guys together. Um, but if their only point is for me to validate it for them, it's, it's not we want to empower the you know people yeah, to I would want to warn to them. control of that themselves <laughs> I'd want to warn them I'd want to say yeah and so you better buckle up baby and get ready for a ride I mean that's what I'd want to tell them it's like <laughs> well and and I, I I'm not going to say that that you know that I haven't you know I I ex- Explain about the twin flame relationship, and I do. I try to educate them as best as I can. Um, and you know, sometimes you know, it's about being in that situation in that moment, so that can actually help them grow. Whether or not they end up actually being twin flames, it's just about them being in that moment. Uh, but yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. I can actually read energy and and I can connect to you know those on the other side that I actually have guides that help me um you know when I'm when we're talking about twin flames that can uh assist with that so yeah can I give the answer yes I have the capability but for me it's just missing the point because if if they're just looking for someone else to validate them um you know why it's your relationship you're in it if if you have to ask this question you know you either need to feel into it and learn more about it or there's something missing from it that's causing you there's something missing mm-hmm. from your understanding of a twin flame relationship that's causing you to question it so well, tell me more about yeah. your work with with your clients i mean cuz you're a medium and so do you also uh, do sessions with people where you just help, you know, where you just basically talk to their past, uh, their loved ones that have passed? Do you do that work also? Oh, yes. We, yes, we, I, do, uh, I do that work more, actually, if you believe that or not. Believe it or not, I do. Um, 
They, no, I um, believe it because I know a lot of people love to contact the people that have passed, and they want either more closure or they have, they want one more chance, you know, to talk yeah. to them. So that's a great gift to is. give to people when you do yeah. that. Yeah, it, to me, it's just the most sacred work because, you know, you're sitting in front of somebody who's still in some stage of grief, no matter how long it's been since their loved one crossed over. And then you're also being given this beautiful gift to be the voice for someone I've never met. I, don't, I didn't know previously. And these people are trusting me to speak for them to their loved ones. And to me, it doesn't get any more sacred than that because it's just such a beautiful bond. Forever, however long we're sitting there, for 30 minutes, 45 an hour, it doesn't matter. For those moments, it's just, it, it's almost, it's just such a solemn you know, thing for me. And it's just something that I don't ever take for granted because how would I feel if when I get over there and, you know, I try to communicate and someone misrepresents me or puts words in my mouth or says they made a connection with me and they didn't, you know, you know, I, I try to put myself in those shoes because I think I would be really upset about that. But for me, it's just such a beautiful and sacred thing to make that connection. So it's always an honor. That's great. And so tell us some of your experiences. What are some of the highlights of when you have done that for people? Can you share some of your experiences and stories with us? Well, let's see. For the most part, I have to tell you, uh, it's it's just like when I'm dialed in and connected, it's just literally like pouring water through a sink. I don't remember a lot of what comes out of my mouth because uh, mm-hmm. it's not for me. But mm-hmm. I I do know there are a couple of things I can share. Um, and I only know this because um, the person, the people sitting with me, they actually told me after the fact. So that's the only reason I know. Um, mm-hmm. I was sitting uh, with this couple and only one of them wanted a reading. and But naturally, since spirit is in control of that, and most of the time they have a really amazing sense of humor, both of them got readings. And I remember the gentleman telling me that, and he was in tears, and he was telling me, he goes, you know, I didn't want to come here today because I knew the one person that I didn't ever want to talk to again was going to show up. And that that person did. And he goes, but you know what was amazing? They came through with an apology, and I really needed to hear it. Wow. And that's great. Yeah. That you know, it floored me because I, I always, I always get amazed whenever I get feedback like that because, I, it's such a beautiful thing, you know, that they can come through and, no matter what has happened here, they can come through and, be able to express themselves at least one more time, and uh, his partner that was with him um, turns out they were paranormal investigators and I didn't know. Didn't know, I know ah. nothing about anyone who comes in previous mm-hmm. to, you know. And uh, so they were paranormal investigators, and I guess one of the people that came through was someone who was in a space that they had investigated. And um, she had released. She had helped to cross over. 
Uh, and so this person, I guess, came through to offer thank you uh, for the assistance because they were stuck and had been in that space for a really long time. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was actually a, a, a beautiful thing. Um, and it offered her validation as well that the work that she was doing was having a positive impact on on those, you know, who were having trouble in one way or another transitioning. And uh, so, I mean, I I know it kind of sounds like I'm bragging on myself, but I'm not. <laughs> you know, I give the credit, you know, to being able to sit there and connect with spirit and just opening myself up and letting them speak, basically. Um, so... Well, yeah, I have a question. I mean, for there's you. just so many. Uh, that a friend of mine <laughs> asked me today, and I thought, well, I'm going to ask Leslie tonight on the show. So, his question, he had a relative that committed suicide, and I hear this question a lot. And he wanted <laughs> to know do they automatically just go to hell because they broke the solemn law and they killed themselves? What's your experience with suicide? My experience is that it's not. Excuse me. It's not what we think of as hell necessarily. Um, I've always experienced the other side in sort of like different planes, you know. So maybe perhaps someone who, you know, assisted themselves over um, would go into sort of the learning plane, so where they could actually have a longer review and maybe try to work on some of the things that led them to the point where they felt they could not stay anymore. Um, and that's been my experience. Usually when I communicate with someone who has you know, helped themselves cross, no matter how they do it, um, they're usually accompanied by a guide or a loved one that can assist them because sometimes their energy might be a little bit lower and a little bit slower than regularly. Um, just because they're in that learning pattern. Um, Mm -hmm. But no, it doesn't, just because they help themselves cross does not mean that everything automatically goes away, all the issues that they had, and they immediately go to hell. No. It just means that they get to continue learning and growing, but they do it without, obviously, um, the sort of more human, like we were speaking about before, the more human emotions that they had experienced here. They look at it from a different point of view and perspective, and it helps them to grow and to learn. Um, and that's always in yeah, my so experience. Yeah, so it's not about punishment for them. It's about understanding and learning and and the choices that they made while they were here. Right? Yeah, because, I mean, they, like I mean honestly, if we if, – yeah, if we think about it differently, they go through enough punishment here to where they're punishing themselves in 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 some way to get to a point where they don't want to be here anymore. So why mm-hmm, continue right. that? What are they going to learn? You know, you know, that logic never really made sense to me about being punished. Um, but yeah, in I my experience, I, I, I didn't add yeah. up to me either. It just was yeah. part of a, a religious rule, basically, um, and it, it didn't seem to have any validation of all the people we've talked to on the show. Nobody's ever said that, yeah, that's what happens. They said quite the opposite, more like what you're saying. 
So that's very mm-hmm. comforting also, I think, to people who have lost people to suicide. And so they don't yeah. have to worry about them being tortured and held somewhere. That doesn't happen. So so that's good. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah, I've never now experienced that. Anything sort of like what we perceive here as hell. I've never actually experienced anything like that in connecting with the other side. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, now you're also, no, I don't. You do angel communication. Now, tell us about I do. that. Yes. Because that sounds exciting. <laughs> well, I, um, I, I, you know, like I said before, I, I, I literally was introduced to the idea of angelic communication while I was learning about mediumship uh, in my classes early on. And I had always been doing it. I just didn't know that they were angels. I had no idea. Because uh, I remember uh, at one time a friend of mine had painted this beautiful painting of an angel. And I kept staring at it going, I know this guy. How does this person know what this guy I've been talking to since I was a little girl looks like? So finally I went up and I said, excuse me, who's this a painting of? And she said, oh, that's Archangel Raphael. And I went, oh, oh my God. You know, like, like wow. Um, I just didn't realize that that was going on. But for me, whenever I communicate with them, it's sort of like I – when I'm raising my vibration, I go past sort of that level where I would stop if I was commuting, communicating with, like, loved ones on the other side. And then I just go up into the angelic realm and build my connection in there. And, um, yeah, I have yeah, – all of us have angels on our spiritual teams. And mine are just – you know, they're always there. <laughs> so when I build that connection, it's all like, hey, how are you? Hello. So, um yeah, that actually happened quite by surprise. I've been doing it my whole life, and I, then when I realized um, I could tap into that willingly and not have to basically wait for them to show up, because that's kind of how I remember it happening when I was little. Um, yeah, I just, you know, I learned, I became, I became attuned to that realm as well through uh, the Litarian Institute. They do... Uh, what's called Viterian Angel Links, which is basically just a building a, uh, a more close link and a better bond with um, you know, Archangel Michael, Archangel Raphael, um, Uriel, Gabriel. And then, of course, the uh, that's all heralded by um, uh, the seraphim, a seraph rose aura. So it's basically just uh, through all the classes that I've taken, I've managed to build that, you know, that strength, that, not the, I've managed to strengthen and build that connection, um, you know, stronger to where literally now when I sit down to meditate, it's almost kind of like I just automatically connect. It's very, it's weird. I just, it's almost like somebody just hit the button and <laughs> I'm there. It's it's strange. There they are. But now, yeah. do you ha- so you have Raphael as as one of your close uh, comrades here. And what about any of the other angels? Do you find that different ones show up when you're working with different people, or do you just have a team mm-hmm. and it's always the same team? Well, it's kind of both because I have uh, quite a few on my team. 
that work with me. I have my personal angels, my guardian angels, and then also the archangels that I'm closely connected to. But then, you know, people will come in, and if they come in with an angel and they're coming in for a reading, I'm going to say, hey, do you you work with angels so-and-so? Because I'm seeing this angel with you, and I'll describe them. And most of the time they're like, like, wow, how did you know that? Well, they walked in right behind you. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I love connecting people with that energy of, like, either whether it's their guardian angel or – or even, you know, an archangel. Lots of people have Archangel Michael on their team. You know, because yes. he's a protecting angel. Yeah, and I love right. that. When I when I see somebody coming in and they've got Michael standing right next to them, I know, yes. You you've got a you know, a powerful team behind you because it's Archangel Michael. And uh so I love to be able to bring that to people because a lot of times I found that they'll be like, you know, I always kind of felt this connection. I have angels all over my house, and I didn't know why. Now I get it. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. you know, for tell- for letting me know I'm not crazy. You know, basically is what I hear a lot. And um, yeah, and it, you know, it's great. I, I love I love being able to let people in on that because it's one thing to come in thinking you're going to communicate with your loved ones, but then. Not only do you do that, but then you walk out going, wow, I've got all these angels on my team. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's just another level of comfort and another level now, of... And, and it's a wonderful healing. thing to feel those wings around you. However, right now, again, mm-hmm. I've mentioned this several times tonight, we're in a very mm-hmm. tumultuous time. And people are feeling it. People are running scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't even know why sometimes. Um in this world today. However, I was doing some work with someone um, that we we partnered up on some interdimensional, cross-dimensional work, and I'm going to ask you if you found this to be true. What we were seeing was that the angelic realm of, and I'm talking about um, all of the archangels from Metatron on down, were moving closer. Mm-hmm to the people of Earth. I mean, it's not like there is any distance in time, and I don't mean to, to make it like that, but there was a proximity that from angel to human that had definitely shifted. So I was wondering if you've seen the same thing. I have, actually. And it's so funny you mentioned that, because I was actually speaking about that with someone just today, earlier, because no they kidding. were talking about huh. how it... it just just the even even just going so far as angel imagery seems to be more prevalent because it it's just that vibration that people are craving because it it's it, it's a soothing a calming a comfort and people are craving that and i think that that's the imagery of angels you know especially like angels that are well known like michael and gabriel are you know bringing that close to them but and I think in doing that, that is another way that the angelic realm is coming closer and bringing that energy closer because, you know, I, that's how I feel. Like I, I literally bought myself an Archangel Michael statue literally the day before Christmas. And why did I do that? I don't need to, but I need to look at it. I need to have that 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 presence even though I know he's there. I need to have that presence, and I just feel like that's what everybody else is, you know, looking for. I need to have 
that beautiful divine presence as a comfort, as a because it, it's almost like a stabilizer as well. Because everything is well, it is, so and crazy. I think that is helpful to many people today. But what I'm talking about is more like this: it is the whole realm itself mm-hmm. that feels like it's moving closer. It's it's a very very unusual thing that we were looking at. Um, because yeah, people who are into this kind of thing, uh, they really like the the contact with their spirit guides. They like to know they're there, even if they can't see them or know exactly who they are. And certainly, what they've learned about angels through their religion or just through their lives. But this is different. This mm-hmm. is the realm itself. It's a powerful um, yeah. experience to watch that realm, and it's moving closer. So. I don't know why. I have no explanation. I, I, I can't say anything more about it, but I was just wondering if you've experienced that same uh, connection of, of just watching it move because it's moving in. And I think it's it must be, mm-hmm. I would gather from everything I've heard from all of our astrologers on the show, that we're in just some rough times, rougher than they've been, if you can even imagine. And so uh, it's it's a good thing to know that, I guess, that realm is moving yeah. in on us. Uh, we need them. And, yeah, and it's good that, again, people like you that have a direct line of communication, you've got the hotline, <laughs> you've got the red phone, you know, to these angels. It's it's great that people can contact you and, and get some relief and also uh, get their own connections started so that they can mm-hmm. feel this. Uh, you know whether a, a statue helps them to feel it or not. It's totally their choice, but it's important, yeah. I guess, given what's coming. Yeah, and like you know, like I said, you know, it, I think that it it's becoming more evident of that closeness and of that movement because you, know, you have some money, you have incarnate angels that are here. Yeah, it's, it's almost kind of like they're coming physically here in some way, shape, or form because we need them as well. Yeah. So yeah. I just kind yeah. of, you know, I feel that. I feel it every day. I feel it. And, yeah, I think that when we look at angel imagery, statues or whatever, it also allows it, it allows that energy to come closer. So I, I, I just feel like it's just, we're going to need such that that big, huge, powerful movement. I, I don't know what's coming. I just know there is something coming. And yeah. so I take comfort in the fact that, you know, at any time we can just say, okay, you know what, I've had enough. Help me out, you know, mm-hmm. of, of whatever, you know. And I, I take comfort in that because I know that they're there. They're always there for me. And uh, so I, I feel like that's, sort of where the collective is going. Like they need that comfort. They need that that um the divinity in their life. Mhm. Now you're you're I don't also know what's coming, an animal. Coming. Yeah, I know, really. I, I can't <laughs> yeah. even imagine. Um but anyways, you're also an animal communicator. So you speak with mm-hmm. people's pets or do you do wild animals? Who do you speak with? Um yeah. I, it doesn't matter if they're a pet or if they're wild. Um, mostly, mostly pets. I gotta say, but I have done a few um, animals and you know 
in confinement in, in places like zoos and things like that. And um, I, I consider those animals wild, even though they're not in the wild. Um, oh, yeah, they still are wild. You're right. I just, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that started off, again, in early mediumship classes and early circles when I would get dogs and cats and all different kinds of, you know, loved, loved animals that had crossed over. Um, you know, I've had people say to me, well, they're just an animal. They don't have a soul. They When they die, they die. Well, no. <laughs> no. Um, they actually go over to the other side. They can actually communicate. They are a loved one. Um, and even if, you know, even animals here, I have a dog. Um, and it kind of, she's not used to me actually being able to understand what she's talking about. Um, and so she's a puppy at the process, but, um, I have a cat as well. And, you know, we're, we're able to, I can understand her more than just, you know, some pet owners will understand their pets and, you know, a certain meow means this, a certain bark means this. And that's how it starts for, you know, for me, but then it becomes more like I understand more behind it. And, um, and I'm able to kind of vibe with them here as well. Um, and what kind of, of I can't puppy really do you have now? Further. I have a black Labrador mix. Okay. And she's just a little over a year old. And her name is Winifred. Mm-hmm. And oh. um, she's still a she's baby. She's a pistol. Yeah, she's a firecracker. Um, but she was a rescue. Um, and she came to me mm-hmm. as a gift. And, um, you know, so being able to try and communicate with her to help her understand, number one, her new surroundings, number two, who am I, you know, you know, because she wasn't used to having people around. Um, right. You know, and, you know, trying to explain it to her more because, I mean, dogs physically only understand a certain amount of words that come out of your mouth. Like she'll understand go She'll understand food, you know, because we've, we've trained her to do that. But so when we're doing sort of what I call mind-to-mind or mental communication, I can actually show her images. I, like I show her a picture of, uh, of food, and, and that's my way of asking her if she's hungry. And if she's hungry, no. she'll respond in kind. Right. And now when you communicate with animals, you do it through pictures? Sometimes. Sometimes no well, mm-hmm. I mean not physical pictures. It's actually mind to mind. Sometimes it's pictures, sometimes it's actually a word that, you know, I it doesn't ever come out of my mouth. It's all I'm communicating with their with their with their brain. <laughs> uh and it's well, just, I just think it's, it's the same again, for I'm, this is a very valuable uh, thing to have at your mm-hmm. fingertips, that you can communicate with animals. And I have the deepest respect for anybody who can do this kind of work well, because especially Thank you. When, when these pets or wild animals or both aren't feeling well. I mean, we can put them through all kinds of tests like we would any person, um, but it's very traumatic for them, and at the end of the day, they may not come up with the right answer, just like they might not come up with the right answer for a person. 
So I think being mm-hmm. an animal communicator mm-hmm. gives you an edge to know what's really going on with this animal. And it's so important. I, I uh, was talking to an animal communicator who's been doing this for over 40 years. And oh, wow. I've known her. I hate to tell you how old I am, but, yeah, I've known her for 40 years. So, anyways, um, <laughs> she was talking to an owner who had a dog who had been hit by a car, leg was broken, had to have a pin put in the leg. And the dog's leg just wasn't healing. So she brought the dog back to the vet, and the vet said, oh, we're going to have to amputate. And so this, the owner said, hey, before you do that, I'm going to talk to somebody else. So she called up this animal communicator and said, what is going on? And the animal communicator told her, said, the pin's in wrong. That's what the dog told me. The pin is in wrong and the leg can't heal. She went back to the vet and she said, the pin's in wrong. He said, no way. He said, I know that pin's in just perfectly fine. He said, but it's your money. You want me to operate and check the pin? I will. She said, go ahead. So he did. Check the pin definitely was in wrong, just as the dog mm-hmm. had told the animal communicator. So it saved the dog's lev- leg, possibly his life, who knows, but um, saved the dog's leg. So I think animal communicators are, are in a very interesting and powerful position to really help on that level. But the dogs uh, and the vets don't usually communicate with each other. Um, so it's animal communicators can make an enormous difference and help get to exactly what the problem is and solve the problem. Yes. So, yeah, and I thought yeah, that I was a, yeah, a prime I, I have, example of this. Yeah, I have, well, I have some friends who are as well, and one of my friends is, she's very powerful animal communicator, and she was actually, we were together one day, and she came upon this, I believe it was a stray, because uh, we never did find anybody that owned it, uh, a stray dog, and he was limping. and But there were no visible signs of trauma or anything, so we took it to the vet, and she actually ended up adopting the dog. Um, but, you know, taking him in and stuff like that. But she just like, I know that it's this, there's something wrong. She could actually pinpoint to the vet what was happening. And and to me, it was astounding, you know, and and I'm able to communicate with animals as well, but her power was so astounding. And I was in tears because the dog had an abscess it was weird. It was all of like underneath his spur, like you couldn't see it. And mm-hmm. so, but it was causing him severe pain. And, you know, and I don't know, it was just amazing to me. And so well, I Well, yeah, because you. when, you're, when you're able to identify that for the dog and the vet, then you can get right to a, a very expedient treatment something that will work, yeah. something that will relieve the uh, the pain for the animal, it, it makes a huge difference. And that's why, again, I think people who do this kind of work yeah. for animals, it's, it's, uh, it's a really good thing, and especially when they have that, that level of communication and they, they can get right to, here's the problem. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. And I know people do that for other people, too, for healing, and sometimes yeah. they can get right to it, and, and that makes a difference as well. 
Uh, although I think it's a little more complicated when you're dealing with healing with, with people than it is with animals because there's so many levels of things going yeah. on. And then there's a personal journey part of it. So there's a lot to that. Yeah. Um, but, but, again, uh, people who can do it with animals, God bless you all. I think that it's God's work, so that's great. And somebody just texted me, oh, who was you. the one, who was the animal communicator who did that? For the dog with the broken leg, it was Lydia Hibby is her name, H-I-B-Y. So that's who did that work. And, again, she's been doing it for a very long time. So mm-hmm. one of the original, one of the very first uh, animal communicators from way back when. So that's tell awesome. me also, you have worked a lot of things into your own practice. You've got Reiki. You uh, do your spiritual coach. So how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Well, the best way is um, through my website, which is lesliesampson.com. I'm also incredibly active on my socials, so a lot of people send me messages on my socials. Um, So I'm I'm definitely open for that. Um, But, yeah, the best way is um, on my website. Okay. Excellent. And I would imagine if, People think they're involved in a twin flame relationship. They may need your help. <laughs> so do you guide people through? Is that part of your coaching and part of your, your counseling that you do? Yes, I do. I guide them through and help them uh, work through the stages. And, and a lot of what I do is to assist them with sort of working on the personal side of it as well. A lot of people you know, I found they just, they hit a wall and they're just not exactly sure how to, you know, should they, you know, put a sledgehammer to it or take it down brick by brick. So I try to assist them with that, um, you know, to an extent, obviously, because I am not, uh, you know, a, you know, a medical professional or a professional, you know, counselor. I'm just, you know, I'm just there to guide them through it. Um, but I, I try to help them as best as I can to navigate the waters of the twin flame relationship. Because, like I said, it shouldn't be hard. The hard part is working on the self, I think, in my experience. So but that's what I do. I like to try to help others as much as I can and empower themselves. That's what we need to do. We need to empower each other instead of trying to seek what we need from outside of ourselves. Yeah, definitely. That would that would be great if we started teaching our children that when they went to kindergarten. Instead <laughs> of waiting mm-hmm. yes. until they've graduated, you know, with a PhD and they're having relationship problems. Yeah, it it would be a great thing to start teaching children to uh love themselves and appreciate themselves. I think there are some places that are trying uh to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And if we can get that uh, lesson learned early, it it makes for a healthier person all the way around. Someone who's not needy to the point where they have to have their twin flame or they have to have their soulmate, but it's just one of the gifts that they could give themselves in life. Um, Now, what are your success stories with twin flames? Do you have people that have come out the other side of that and go, yay, you know, the work? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I consider it a success story when I hear back that, they've managed to come together and have a mutual understanding and learn from one another. Um, 
sometimes it's a love relationship, I have to admit. So I have known twin flames who have, you know, had a very successful uh, relationship and have stayed together and have gotten married, for example. Um, and I think, I think it's a success when people empower themselves to actually work through the process. So I know that, uh, and I mentioned, you know, a few couples in the book as well, and every couple that I talk about in this book has had a positive, um, a positive outcome, even if it's with someone who is on the other side. Um, so I feel like you create the success by, by being in it and doing the work. And uh, I know that sounds cheesy and kind of deflected your question a little bit. I didn't mean to do that. Well, but no, that's how I was I just wondering, it. you know, how, how, you know, when you work with somebody, you know, if you're seeing these people come out the other side and they're happy with the outcome and you're happy with what they're doing. Um, but here's another oh, yeah. question for you because we're winding down the show. But I was just thinking, you know, people that aren't mediums like you and aren't psychic like you, mm-hmm. I mean, how mm-hmm. do they determine that they have somebody they're connecting with on the other side? Or or is it only for people like you that have that talent that can see it? No, it isn't. Um, normally what I encourage people to do, if they discover that their twin is on the other side, and what I do, I don't encourage them to start learning mediumship. That's the first thing I tell them: do not do. Because once you start learning mediumship, it, you're not going to be able to limit it to just talking to your twin on the other side. It's impossible. Okay. Once you open that mm-hmm. door, you just yeah, you're, the door is open. Um, mm-hmm. But I encourage them to um, meditate, because through meditation you can actually connect with those on the other side. You can ask, you can set your intention for that. I encourage them to ask for signs. Signs are an incredible form of validation. And the more specific you are with it, the better. Um, And say, okay, this sign, if you are my, you know, I want this sign from my twin flame and be the, I want to see my name on a billboard. You'll get it. Your twin will Mm -hmm. make sure you get it. Um, because it will happen. Um, I encourage that. So you end up communicating basically through symbols and signs, much like somebody would who's lost a loved one. They either see pennies Mm -hmm. or feathers or something. So it's that kind of of a communication. That's interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, you can, and there are other ways to do it too. I mean, you can communicate with those on the other side in your dream state, you know, while you're asleep. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, you can use, you know, signs like pennies and things like that. And, you know, you can also use tools of divination such as, you know, a pendulum. I have a pendulum that it's specifically set to only communicate with my twin flame. It cannot have the energy of anyone else. Um, and I actually okay. talk about that in the book and how to do that, how to set your pendulums. And I also talk about spirit boards. I know some people don't like to work with them, but I do explain the the best way to work with them if you choose to try it. Um, you know, there are other things we can do, like um, I talk about uh, spirit drawing, uh, where, you know, you can actually, you know, sit in a quiet place and sort of meditate and draw whatever comes to mind, even mm-hmm. if it's a word, just draw uh, spirit mm-hmm. can actually draw too. They can take over and you know 
utilize your hand, for example. Um, we talk about, you know, going through to a medium to with assistance, and I explain a really good way to prepare yourself to do that uh, in, mm-hmm. in the book. Um, and right. I it basically go, you know, I go into a lot of very specific details on what to do and what not to do because a lot of people aren't really aware of how you should go into a medium session. A no, session I think medium, that's, I that's really, really important. Well, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our yeah. time together tonight, but I want to, again, tell everybody the name of your book, Find Your Twin Flame, Understand and Connect to Your Soul's Other Half. And our guest tonight has been Leslie Sampson. You can find her on her website, and her last name is spelled S, as in Sam, A-M-P-S-O-N. Uh, thank you so much, Leslie. So interesting to get your perspective on oh, all of this you. and to hear about your exciting life. And everybody, Happy New Year. Wishing you all the best, and let's hope for the best for 2022. And next week, I'll be back with another great show. But until then, I will see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural.